Hey everyone, I'm Stephanie, and I believe that all readers should read children's literature, especially adults. So that's what we do on the Kid Lit Love podcast. We celebrate all things children's literature, picture books, early readers, middle grade, and young adult novels too. Whether you're an adult reading to your inner child or connecting the young readers in your lives with fantastic books, you've come to the right place. Each week, we'll talk to a different children's literature author and discuss their books, their hopes and dreams for readers, their writing process, and much, much more. So grab a notebook to build your TBR and let's get to today's episode of Kid Lit Love. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Kid Lit Love podcast. I'm Stephanie, and I'm here today with Arian Costner. She's a middle grade author here to talk about two of her books with us together, My Life is a Potato and Confessions of a Class Clown. Now, I first found her books because admittedly, I was looking for a lighter read in between two really heavy adult fiction novels that I had read, and a book with the title My Life as a Potato seemed to fit the bill. But what I've learned about her books is that, yes, they are funny and they are lighthearted, but that doesn't mean that they aren't full of important ideas and lessons from, for middle grade readers, too. So let's get to our conversation. Ariane, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me here. Oh, I'm excited to talk with you today. Let's begin with kind of some typical introductions. Can you give us a little bit of your backstory of who you are, where you are, and a little bit of your life as a middle grade writer? Sure. So I have always really enjoyed writing, um, but I I actually came into college hoping to be a physician's assistant. And as I was in college, I decided that I would just kind of take some creative writing classes on the side for fun. And as the year progressed, I realized that I was really looking forward to my creative writing classes and I was dreading my like science-y classes. And it hit me one day like, wait, this is the rest of my life. Of course, being a physician's assistant is going to pay a lot more, but I want to do what I love. And um, I decided to become an English teacher. So I started taking the pedagogy classes. I really loved them. And I only taught one year of seventh grade English. After that, I had my first child and I decided to stay home with my kids. But that one year of teaching really impacted my whole life because it introduced me to literature uh, for that age group and I fell in love with it. And I decided that I wanted to try for the first time ever to write my own novel. And that's how my life as a potato started, I guess. I thought of the idea, just looking at a mascot, thinking I wanted to write a mascot story because I love the secret identity trope. Um, my husband thought of making a, a potato because he heard of a real school in Idaho that had a potato mascot. And I just fell in love with the idea, drafted the whole thing super quickly. I think I started when I was pregnant thinking of the idea and um, I was able to write pretty quickly because I only had one baby and, and yeah, that was the story of my first novel. I got really lucky in that 
the first book I wrote got published. That doesn't happen too often, but I did have a lot of editing to do because let me tell you, it was not super great at first. It took about a year of serious editing before it was ready. That still is a really fast timeline. I, I think mm-hmm. one of the things I've loved learning on this podcast is that most of the authors that I get to talk to, they've always loved writing or literature or books or or something related to that in some way but most actually started doing something else before they indulged that side of their life. And so to know that you first went from physician's assistant and then to English teacher, and then now getting to write those, those novels. I just love hearing the backstory of how someone finally arrived at what they are supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And I love that it was a I don't, I'm certain, I shouldn't say easy, but I guess from what I hear of how difficult it can be to get that novel published, to have your first book be the one that goes out in the world is quite, quite a feat, I think, right? It, it really is. And sometimes I feel a little too lucky. I'm like, okay, when is it (laughs) going to come back and bite me? Like I've written two full novels and they've both been published and I've written a third novel and I'm trying to get it published. So I'm like, fingers crossed. But at the same time, if it doesn't get published, maybe it's it's fair. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Well, I hope it's not fair and it gets published just as easily as, as the other two. Um, I hope so too. It's really fun, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> so why don't we talk a, a little bit about your first book, um, My Life as a Potato. You already mentioned a bit about the mascot, a bit about where the potato came from, but can you give listeners an idea of what that book was about? Sure. So there is a seventh grade boy named Ben, and he moves to a new school in Idaho, and he's hoping to have a fresh slate and make himself kind of more popular than he was at his old school. The problem is on the first day or the first week of school, he, um, gets pressured in the cafeteria to participate in this game where he throws a hot dog um, and to see how often it bounces. And I actually took that from my experiences in elementary school. We had kind of a little game like that going on. Anyway, so he throws this hot dog um, kind of to look cool. He's really not used to being like a bad kid. And the mascot comes in for a little... um, pep rally and trips over the hot dog and sprains his ankle so behind the scenes ben makes a deal with the coach the basketball coach that he will play the potato mascot and this is really embarrassing because everyone thinks that the potato is super dorky and he doesn't want anyone to find out about it um but he's living this double life as a potato at the same time he's trying to deal with friends and uh, there's a little bit of crushes and just seventh grade drama and is that seventh grade drama taken from your year as a seventh grade teacher? <laughs> definitely. Yeah, there are definitely characters in there that I tried to think, what would this student say in this situation? Or what would, you know, Yeah. I guess it says at the very beginning of books, this is not based on real events, but authors kind of laugh about that. They're like, well, everything's kind of based on real events, but right. um, it's where we get our inspiration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed that book. And like I said, I originally picked it up because I was in between two very heavy adult fiction books. I try to balance my reading life to be 
50% adult literature and 50% children's literature because I teach children's literature classes. I love it so much. And so I, I knew I wanted something in between those heavy reads. And as I said, the cover, the title, I thought, okay, this, this is perfect. And, and it was, it was funny. It's, it's about a potato, a potato mascot. I mean, something you don't hear every day, but the situations that the character goes through, you know, they are real and they are something that middle grade readers will be able to connect with and learn from, um, mm -hmm. you know, even my own inner seventh grader, you know, our inner child as an adult of uh, could do that too. And so I, I really appreciated the nice balance that you had between real, real events and things kids face and, and situations they go through, even if they are as fun as throwing a hot dog um, <laughs> to that more whimsical side. It's nice Thank to have you. Yeah, it was, I really wanted to write something that was more lighthearted and fun because I had also been reading a lot of more heavy literature at the time. And I was like, I just want to cleanse my palate a little. Like, yeah. I just want to laugh. Um, and there are, you know, some, some deeper themes, but it is meant to be just more a fun book that can hook reluctant readers, especially. And yeah. when I first, the first thing that really hooked me about the idea is I just had in my head a vision of a giant potato mascot on the cover. And that image of the future cover is what kept me editing it through rejection after rejection after rejection. I'm like, this has to be a book. Like kids will gravitate toward the potato. I know them. <laughs> so when they finally um, showed me the actual cover, it was so similar to what I had in my head. And it was a really cool experience to see that. Yeah. And that is exactly why I picked it up because I saw the cover and then mm -hmm. saw the title of, of the book. So let's move to your more recent book, your second book, Confessions of a Class Clown. And I know there is a bit of humor in this one too, right? We've, we go from mm -hmm. potatoes to T-Rex, I would say, <laughs> based yeah. on the opening of the book. But can you tell readers a bit about that book and what you hoped to accomplish in writing that? Sure. So... This one is about a boy named Jack who is a self-proclaimed class clown. It's what he feels he's the best at. And even though he has a lot of great acquaintances at school and people like him and he starts trends and he has a popular like YouTube channel, I call it something besides YouTube, but it's basically a YouTube channel. Um, he has a hard time making and keeping real friendships. So there's a school talent show coming up and he has a plan to do some crazy stunt at the talent show and become viral. However, he needs a partner to accomplish this and his latest friend is becoming very distant. So he hears about a school speed friendshipping program after school and speed friendshipping. I've, I've really done these in the past. They're really fun. They're basically like speed dating, except for friends you're trying to meet in talk to different people um and he thinks this sounds super corny of course but he figures he'll play it off as a joke and just try to find somebody to help him with this stunt for the talent show and after he goes there his life starts to intertwine with these three other main characters and you get perspective shifts in the book where you get to see what each of them think about each other um and the real point of the book is that everybody in middle school has their own challenges that nobody can see that social media can't capture. And everybody has their own insecurities. Everyone um, 
might be taking the wrong message away from an interaction and misunderstanding people. So it's really a book about empathy and a book about connecting with people and valuing friendships over social media. Something I think our world, everyone in our world could use a little bit of information on. It's a really hard time. I often say, I can't imagine growing up as a young kid right now with the amount of social media that they have to deal with and navigate and figure out how to live with. Um, I mean, I'm dating myself, of course, but when I got to go home from school, I got to go home and I got to put the day behind me. And now social media just follows everybody around. There's so many skill sets that you have to learn about it and with it and around it. And it's hard enough being a middle schooler, totally. adding, adding this in. So yeah, what and, you, oh, I'm oh, sorry. Oh, no, okay. Just a little delay of, of, of the call. I was just wondering what made you choose to put that kind of an aspect into your book? Well, I do have a sister who is a teenager. Um, I'm quite older than her, but just seeing and talking with her about how social media impacts her. And also I work with the youth in my church um, and talking with them. It really is a big challenge. And I felt like this topic would be really cool to explore in literature. Um, I came up with the funny YouTube stunts and the speed friendshiping program is kind of like a vehicle to really discuss this idea. Um, and every main character in the book has a distinct relationship with social media and kind of things that they have to learn about it. Um, so Jack, for example, he kind of struggles with a phone addiction, I guess you could say. There's a part in the book where he actually gets his phone taken away as a punishment and it's really really difficult for him um, because he finds so much of his identity online and he cares more about getting clicks and likes online than he does about caring about people in person so that's what he has to learn um there's a character named Brielle and she was based off me a lot and also my sister she compares herself a lot she kind of focuses mostly on the negative things that people say on her channel instead of the positive things. And she needs to learn to let all that go. And actually, by the end of the book, she decides that this app that she uses is kind of a toxic force in her life and that she can do without it. And she gets rid of it. Um, there's a boy named Mario and his mom doesn't let him have social media. Um, he doesn't have a smartphone and he wants this more desperately than anything he wants in the world and I've seen these kids too where their parents don't think it's right for them and the kid really wants it because they feel left out so he's feeling a little bit excluded from people's inside jokes and um, by the end of the book he kind of comes to an understanding and an agreement with his parents um, and he kind of recognizes that his parents do want what's best for him um, and then the last character Tasha she probably exemplifies like the most healthy relationship with social media out of everybody because she uses it to forward her creativity. She um, does fashion and she uses it to kind of connect with other fashion accounts. And anyway, so it, it can, you know, social media can have positive purposes, but 
I'm hoping that it can just spark a lot of discussions where kids are thinking, how am I using social media? Even if they don't have it, surely they're on YouTube and they see YouTube stars. And what am I being presented with? And how is that curated? How is that not real life? How should I not compare myself? You know, different questions like this, I think that we all need to have. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like no matter who the child is, where they're from, what kind of family they are in, there's a place for all sorts of kids in this book. They will likely see themselves in one of those characters as it relates to their social media use or not use, mm-hmm. um, which will you know give them an entry point to have these kinds of conversations. I think as an educator, I can appreciate that too, because I'm constantly thinking of matching books to readers of which, you know, which book I think a a reader needs at which time. And this book could give a lot of conversation starters for the classroom, as well as at home with parents, with caregivers on how social media does impact kids and, and their mental health and what that means and how it fits into their world. So it seems like a big springboard for just some big life lessons that could be talked about too. Yeah, I hope so. And I, I tried really hard to make it not too didactic. Like I didn't want there to be one strict answer, but I did want it to be like, you have to know yourself. You have to work with your parents. um, And you have to recognize when things are becoming unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah. Which again, lessons for adults could apply, (laughs) could Mm -hmm. apply here as well with social media. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. So in thinking about, because you've mentioned you've you've written the third book, you are working to get a book like that published. Um, what are you hoping for your writing in the future after these two books? What what are you hoping comes next? Well, I really hope I can publish this next book. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, even if you win the lottery and are able to publish with a big publisher, it's never really guaranteed, you know, right. A, even an author that gets a great deal, they can write another book and the publisher can just say, we're not interested in this one, sorry. So fingers crossed, I want to just keep writing books for the middle grade age group for a while. Um, I've written a lot of picture book, but that, you know, that is a big challenge to get into that market. It's very competitive, Um, but fingers crossed, maybe one day I can wriggle my way in. And one day I'd love to write a young adult novel as well. Um, I don't see myself ever getting into adult, <laughs> but but one day it would be fun to do young adult. And another thing I'd love to do is branch out of humor and go into more literary or light fantasy, um, oh, okay. which is a tricky career move to make because a lot of times you kind of get, you know, pegged in a certain genre, but um, I have a fun light fantasy I'm working on right now that I'd love to get published. Well, that's great. Um, Not too long ago on the podcast, I talked with James Preller and he's written over 80 children's books at this point. So the Jigsaw Jones series, Scary Tales, Exit 13. Mm -hmm. And one of the things he's, he said something similar is that he's worked really hard to not be in a box, if you will, to constantly Mm -hmm. try, try something new, whether it's a format, a character, a genre, a something so that he's his writing career is following his interests and following wherever his boundaries are are shifting so i i can definitely 
make that connection there. You're right. So you get known for one thing. Everyone expects you to stay in your lane, <laughs> sort of. But that's not fun, right? You you want to try yeah. new and different things. And I love that you're thinking of, you know, writing for kids that are younger than what you're currently writing for in picture books, as well as moving into, into young adult. I love all of them. So what kinds of books um can I ask like what what are what kinds of books do you love to read personally? Ooh, so personally I enjoy some adult nonfiction. Um I recently read Man's Search for Meaning, which was very inspiring. Um I my most recent adult fiction read was um Salt to the Sea. It's a historical fiction about um, World War II, but it was done in a really creative way. Um, and I loved it, it was beautiful. But I do mostly read children's literature because I have four children. I have a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, who, are, and they're both fantastic readers. Um, and then I have two younger ones that read picture books. Um, but we're, we've read a lot of classics this year. Um, I love the read alouds, like the older, um, the older books like Paddington, Winnie the Pooh, stuff like that. I just find so charming. I find them timeless. Um, and they have such great vocabulary. Um, so yeah, we've been reading a lot of that. We, we recently read Sarah Plain and Tall, which they enjoyed. Now we're reading the sequel, Caleb's Story. Yeah. There's nothing better than sharing books with your own kids. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love yeah. it. And yours are just, well, you're busy. Seven, five and two younger ones. You're reading a lot. They're doing a lot. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's just such a special kind of bonding that that can happen. So I, I'm wondering, you know, I can't wait till when they might, you know, seven, when are they going to read your books? <laughs> you know, funnily enough, they've actually listened to both of my books already on audiobook. Yeah. I don't know, because when we're in the car, we'll listen to audiobooks all the time. And they asked to listen to my books. And I'm like, I really don't think that you guys will care for these books very much. They're more for older kids. But I mean, I don't know how much they absorbed, but they said they like it. And hopefully when they get a little older, they can reread them in the actual right. book format and hopefully pick even more out. Yeah. And how special that will be to to not just share a book together, but to share your book together. Oh, yeah. wonderful. Oh, I love it. Well, where can readers or where can readers and listeners, I guess, um, find you, find out more about you online, connect with you and, and grab some books for themselves? Uh, so I do have a website, ariannecostner.com. And there are some fun things on my website. Like there's a little quiz that tells you what kind of potato you are, um, just, you know, for <laughs> kids or adults. <laughs> there's some, there's like a book trailer for educators. Um, there are some teaching supplemental vocabulary, supplemental um, activities. Um, and then I'm also on X at Ariane Costner. Um, I am trying to be a little more active there and connect with teachers, um, but I'm kind of on and off. And then I'm also on Instagram at author Ariane Costner. And I've been trying to put my family book recommendations on there. 
um, since I do love reading aloud to my kids. Um, so I'm hoping to update that more with, with recommended reading. Wonderful. Well, I will be sure to put the links to these in the show notes as well. And you're right. I, I will be going to find out what kind of potato I am, because then when I introduce your book to kids, I, I can tell them, you know, it's just another hook in to get them to be excited about reading the book. So what a, what a fun, what a fun idea. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on to talk about both of your books. I'm urging listeners to find you online, to go grab a copy and keep our fingers crossed for that third one as well. Thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Kid Lit Love podcast. You'll find links to all the books, resources, and ideas mentioned in the show notes at alitlife.com. And if you want more, you might like to listen to my other podcast called Get Literate. It's a podcast that explores all things books and reading, notebooks and writing, and everything in between to build a life you love. One more thing. If you love what you listened to today, please take a moment to rate and review the podcast or take a screenshot of the episode and text it to a bookish friend. This helps the podcast grow and builds our bookish community of kid lit love. Thanks for listening.